Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am joined by my wife, Julie. Hello, listeners and parents out there in the podcast world. Yes, we're doing this, Julie. Episode two of our parenting podcast. All week, I was thinking about this going into this next episode. I can't believe we're doing a podcast on yeah. parenting. Yeah, there's a lot of parenting moments. You're like, ooh, wow. All right, let's start applying what we've been talking about. We are in the middle of it all. We're not parenting experts. We have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a nine-month-old. So our hands are full, but it's causing us to go to Scripture, to pull out the truths, and as we go through it together... We thought we'd ask you to join us Yes. look at the Word of God together with you. Well, why don't we get going? Let's do it. So we're calling this episode The Perfect Parenting Blueprint. How does that sound? Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's all out of Hebrews 12, verses 7 through 11. So Julie, would you please read the text for us? Hebrews 12, 7 through 11. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We should discipline in the same way that God disciplines us. He disciplines us because he loves us. And for our good. This is so basic and foundational, but you really have to actually pause and stop here because in our culture and our society, we don't really think this way very often. A lot of parents think, oh man, like, God, I guess I gotta discipline. We almost look at it in a begrudging way, like, I guess I gotta do this to my kid. You almost feel like, well, if you're disciplining your child, you're not showing love to your child. I show love to my child when I go get them ice cream and do fun things with them and buy them a gift to go on a nice experience. That's showing love to my child. We don't really put this in the same category. Right. But this is the way God describes his love for us as a father who disciplines his child. And so discipline should be about teaching children what is right and wrong. You see that here in this text. Positive discipline should be used in a consistent fashion. And our blueprint here is God the Father, the perfect heavenly Father, our good Father, who loves us and he disciplines those whom he loves. So a lot to break down, but let's talk about obedience and children have to learn that their actions have consequences. Yes. I remember growing up in church hearing this phrase and it stuck with me. Obedience brings blessings and sin brings consequences. 
It's pretty straightforward. And how true is that? That when we obey, not even talking about our kids, but when we ourselves obey, the Lord blesses that. And when we sin, it's painful. It hurts. There's consequences. Kids who don't have any consequences for the pain that they cause, when they're causing turmoil, they're causing strife because of their own selfishness, if they face no consequences for that, they're going to keep doing it. And the bigger and bigger they get, the more and more pain they're going to create. Right. I don't know if you listened to last week's previous episode, episode one, but we talked about the different phases of raising kids. And we talked about from about age zero to six, there's just a lot of discipline that needs to Mm -hmm. be going on. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're talking about in this phase, being consistent with obedience, yeah, with instilling consequences specifically. And if it's done consistently, that should lessen and lessen as they get older. Speaking of those phases, I was actually speaking with someone in our church just today, and they were talking about how there are times when your kid is young when they can't even process all the whys. You know, we have this tendency to coddle and like be really careful, handle with kit gloves, like, oh no, if they're not going to understand it or they're not feeling it, you're catering to your own child's emotions and whims and feeling that day. But at a certain age, when they're four, they can't even process all the ways why it's going to help them or hurt them. They just need a firm, do this, and you can't do this right now. Right. And this is a perfect parallel back to the scripture that we just talked about, that our Heavenly Father knows what's best. Mm-hmm. And that he disciplines us. Just like we know for our kids when they're three and four, hey, you can't have that candy before bed because it's not healthy for you mm-hmm. or you just brushed your teeth. We're mm-hmm. not going to give that. I know what's best for you. Right. And going back to verse eight, I believe, seven, it is verse seven. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? You know, in a way, this culture, this Hebrew culture, They were very strict disciplinarians. In that society, kids didn't talk back to their mom and dad at all, right? And it even says here, you respected your fathers for discipline. They had a culture that was more grounded, honestly, than ours is in the idea of teaching respect, teaching honor, having your kids show obedience, we're kind of in this post-Christian world in our culture. And you even see it in Christian homes all the time where parents don't even think about, I have to teach my kid how to obey. I have to teach my kid that when I'm speaking to them, they shouldn't just be looking off and doing whatever they want to do. They should be looking me in the eye and listening. Like when I actually ask them to do something in a kind way, they should respond with a yes or a yes, sir, right? I speak with a lot of kids who you you ask them to do something nicely. I mean, you're not even their parent, right? You're just like the friendly person who's like, hey, why don't we do this? And the kid just has no response, like no ability to communicate or to acknowledge what you said. And it just goes back to like, wait, where's the parenting that is teaching these kids the basics of authority and structure? You know, that's very important to And it goes back here to our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. When our kids sin and mess up and we need to instill consequences, 
sometimes it can be hard to figure out what those consequences need to be. Mm-hmm. But here's one little key phrase you can think of when you're not sure. Is this consequence matching the action? Yeah. They need to match as closely as possible. David, do you want to give some examples oh, of I that? Mean, yeah. Yeah. If, if you spill something, don't just talk about it. Get mad at them. Do it yourself. Teach them how to clean it up. When there's a piece of trash on the floor that I haven't thrown away, like have them pick up that trash and throw that trash away and then go upstairs right now and pick up all your socks and all your shirts that are on the floor in your room. I have a great example of this. So many of you know if you attend our church that there is a couple from our church that lives in our neighborhood and they like to go on walks. We (laughs) say, Hey, wave, we talk, we talk every day. But if you've been to our house, all our bedrooms are upstairs. We have windows on the front of our house. And I noticed one day when I went up the top of the stairs that there was a hole in the screen of the window. (laughs) And I'm like, that didn't just happen. That was not there the other day. So I asked, the kids about it. And I won't mention the kid's name. You guys can probably figure it out. But he didn't lie to me, which is great. (laughs) Consequences are less in our house if you tell the truth. He told the truth. And without missing a beat, he goes, oh, yeah, I needed to shoot Guy and Elise with my Nerf gun. So I had to cut a hole through the screen to shoot them with my Nerf gun. (laughs) So... (laughs) A consequence for that was that he had to do a lot of housework to pay for a new screen and to learn that we take care of our things and that there's money involved and we take care of our things because the Lord has provided and it's a stewardship issue at that point. All that to say, consequences match the action. Right. That was a more serious one. That took a while. He had to work a lot to save up his money for that lying, disrespect, anything related to the tongue, our kids drink some apple cider vinegar. And then when there's obedience, it's also good to bless them and show the fruit of obedience too. Yes. Like I can give an example of that. My kids help carry in the groceries. And so from time to time, I'll say, hey, can you guys carry in the groceries? Mm -hmm. If they have a great attitude about it and they put all the groceries away, hey, I bought cookies at Aldi today. You guys can each have one. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for helping out and having a good attitude. We had one kid who had a bad attitude tonight because after dinner, one of our children recommended we do little family workouts. And one of our kids just couldn't get over the fact that they had just done soccer practice and they didn't want to work out. So they were salty the entire time. And then Julie walked in. It's been a long night. But Julie walked in running some emergency errands for our friends, our neighbors down the road with an ice cream sandwich. (laughs) And the look on his face, because they couldn't get dessert tonight, of her having the ice cream sandwich. We all went up to bed, and then you gave a bite of the ice cream sandwich to the other two kids, right? Because they had good attitudes and were sweet and kind, and the other one... yeah. Yeah, we could sit here all day giving examples of this. You get the point. But just have the consequences match the action. And parenting is about the heart, not the action. You want to get to the root behavior. Attitude Mm -hmm. is more important. Without it, 
you don't have true obedience. Right. Doing what's right with the right heart attitude. And yeah, sometimes when your kid is just stuck on a bad attitude, like you can point it out to them. You can't change their heart, right? So you have to just say, hey, look, you don't have the right attitude about this right now. So we're not even going to talk about it. You know, you talk you to the Lord. To you need to talk heart. to the Lord. Yeah, you need to talk to the Lord about that and have him change your heart. And then just walk away and let them deal with, with God. With one of our kids specifically, they tend to be wound up tight with their heart. So I sometimes will go and grab a ball of twine and I will hold it in front of this child and say, your heart is like this ball of twine and it is very tight and you need to unravel it and take things to the Lord. And when you have done that, then we will talk. And it's just a good visual for this kid to see that. Yeah, we're talking about teaching your kids how to obey, having consequences for their actions. All those things are very true, but it is so important to avoid getting stuck in behavior modification. That's why we care more about the heart. It's so hard. It is so easy to manipulate your kids' actions without getting to the root of the heart. Yeah, you see it all the time, and it's very easy for your kid to see, oh wow, all right, well, if I do obey, if I do the right thing, my parents are happy. So a lot of kids are wired that way. They're just gonna do it because they want to please mom and dad. So you really have to be aware, are you addressing their heart or are you just teaching them how to conform outwardly? That is absolutely gotta be on your radar. And I tell you what, with one of our kids in particular, really all of our kids, but especially one of them, you have to let them know, even in those moments when they're wrecked, because one of our kids can really feel it emotionally and they just get so caught up in what they did wrong and we've come down we've we've pointed it out we've pointed out exactly where they were selfish what they did wrong how it affected other people here are the consequences and then they really start beating themselves up and yeah. just get so caught up and oh i screwed up again to the point where it's like, I'll never be able to do this. And that's where I have to actually let them know I still love you, even though mm. you made a wrong choice here. This doesn't change the way I feel about you. Your actions don't change my love for you. And a lot of times he has to hear that a few times before he can calm down. But that, that goes back to God's love for us too, right? Like you see Absolutely. that in this passage. We mess up all the time. But God's love for us never changes. We have a ministry at our church called Restore. And part of that is you share your story. Mm -hmm. And we've done a few sessions. It's kind of a newer ministry, but we've done a few sessions with people in our church. And one common thing that I have noticed from these stories that people have shared is that we all have a deep longing to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And one of the common themes I have noticed in a lot of people's stories is that love is attributed to my outward conformity. Mm -hmm. When I conform, they're happy, I'm accepted. Inwardly, my heart could be as black as could be. Yeah. 
but outwardly, hey, I'm getting love when I do what's right in their eyes. We had a situation the other day where our two older boys got in a little tiffed. Anyone with multiple kids know this is this happens. And Paxton, the younger one, he did wrong. And Beckham, the older one, was part of it. Mainly it was Paxton to be blamed for the situation. And it ended in Paxton needing some apple cider vinegar. But Beckham felt guilty because he was part of it. So he actually poured some of the apple cider vinegar for himself out of Paxton's cup, drank it. It It was just, I, I got teary watching it. Well, then Paxton was still beating himself up about what happened. And Beckham grabbed him by the face literally was in his face and said, Paxton, I love you more than the mistakes you've made. (laughs) And I was like, wow, where did this come from? I've never said that. David's never said that. (laughs) Like, and you're right. That's so biblical. We love you more than your worst mistakes. It comes from Andor, a TV show I found out later. Yeah. Oh, I legitimately know. It's one of the best shows out there. But... I share that story to say our kids have to understand that when they do things that disappoint us, that you still love them, that not only do you love them, but their heavenly father loves them most Mm -hmm. of all. It doesn't change your love for them. And that's the perfect segue to tie it back into God loves you. He showed his love for you by sending Jesus to die for that sin. And the sin that we're dealing with right now, that you're working through right now, Jesus has already paid the price for it on the cross. And when he looks at you, he doesn't even look at this sin. He's already separated as far as the East is from the West because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he sees Jesus's righteous life in you instead of this mistake. And we know that you love God. Like you're just teaching the gospel baking it right into those discipline moments. Yeah. That's what discipline's all about. It needs to be a common thread as you're talking to your kids is teaching them to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest commandments in scripture. And yeah. it's really simple. It's two things, love God, love others. It's so important. And you're going to make a big deal out of something and you're going to discipline your kid for something. You can make it about the trivial things you can make it by the things that annoyed me in the moment and you can make a big deal out of that, but you better be going to the heart of, is this something that God has called us to? Is this something that God would want you to be doing? Because at the end of the day, a lot of the yow yow and the arguments that come in in daily life with little selfish sinners under your roof, it goes back to they're choosing to love themselves instead of loving God or instead of loving someone else. One way we've worked through this is having our kids write scripture out. And just the other day, one of the, our kids had to write out Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. and He, he wrote it out three times. And it was like perfect handwriting. <laughs> made my heart smile. So it's all about teaching your kids how to think of others. And going back to this verse, we look to our good father, our heavenly father, as a model. Like we look at his love, his consistency, his patience, and we see that he never changes. 
the more consistent you're going to be as a parent, the better you're going to be modeling this yourself. This one is so hard. David pretty much wrote all our notes and then I went through them (laughs) for this podcast and I got to that point and it was kind of a dagger to me because it is hard to be consistent. Because there's times where we're just tired. We just want to like end it and go on and do our own thing. Sometimes you don't even feel like disciplining or you discipline so much you're ready just to give up yourself. I want to add here too, one way of disciplining. I don't even know if you can say the word discipline with this. That has been really powerful is to show grace and actually not have a consequence sometimes when you know that they understand the wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it can be really powerful and you can point it back to the grace that the Lord gives us. Yeah. And there's grace for all of us parents, seriously. Like, think about it. None of us had perfect parents. All of us had parents who made a lot of mistakes. We make a lot of mistakes. If your kid knows God and Christ is in their heart, he has saved them, Mm -hmm. his grace covers so much of our inconsistency. God already knows that we're not going to do this perfectly. He knows that we're going to have bad moments, we're going to have bad days, and we're going to have times where we just feel like we can't do it. And his grace is going to cover that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to let you just slack off and like oh show grace all the time and not discipline that's that's not good no no but just don't beat yourself up every single parent even the parents who do parenting podcasts and talk through bible verses about parenting we mess up and we're Mm -hmm. not always perfectly consistent none of us are like our perfect good father that's why the blueprint in hebrews 12 points us back look you even had earthly fathers who disciplined you and you respected them, the context of that is even built in. Like, look, even your fathers disciplined you, like Mm -hmm. knowing that they didn't do it perfectly, right? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. They did the best they could. It wasn't the best, but it was the best they could. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. So, of course, when God is disciplining you, It may not feel good in the moment, but it's going to be good for you in the end. Mm -hmm. And we have to know that, bake that in. When we're disciplining our kid, we're doing it for their good. And when you really believe that yourself, you're going to be more consistent with it, knowing that, hey, this is going to help them. Mm -hmm. That inspires you to do it out of love and not just out of convenience or to get them to do what you need them to do to make yourself look good. It has to be coming out of the source of true love. Right. One thing David says often in his sermons is when the Bible says don't, it's saying don't hurt yourself. It's not to be mean. It's not to be unloving. Right. It actually is loving because he's saying, hey, don't lie. Don't gossip. Don't X, Y, Z all these sins. He's created this world. He's created you. He knows his will and how it works out best. So when he gives you a barrier or a boundary, that boundary is there to protect you. Absolutely. So when you don't give your kids any boundaries, you're not protecting them. You're not loving them. You have to give your kids boundaries and be confident in that. I think it's easy as parents to say, stop it, don't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. But we don't 
really expound why. Right. But David, why should we expound more than just stop it? When you really look at God's character in the Bible, he's always giving us a why. Whenever he gives a command, there is explanation baked into that command, either right before or right after. So I think, honestly, I've been convicted of this. You know, mm. probably about six months ago, I just realized, man, I noticed the kids just yelling, stop it to each other a lot. And then they're getting like, it from us. Yeah, they were getting it from us for sure. You know, and that's just a lazy shortcut. So I, first of all, had to start modeling it myself. Like, hey, Beckham, would you please stop? Because, you know, like, hey, Monroe, why don't we do something else? Let's not do this because it's causing this to happen. And then the more I modeled that, and I'm still working on this, then it's like actually telling the kids, hey, look, if you need somebody to stop doing something, first of all, you need to ask them, would you please stop? <laughs> Instead of just yelling, stop it. And we've even had to start disciplining our kids sometimes because they're not getting that. They're in such a habit of just like, stop it, stop it. It's like, no, hey, you said it the wrong way and you correct that a couple times and they still do it, then they go to the corner or then they are disciplined. And you always give them a warning ahead of time. I've had to do this with Monroe lately quite a bit. I think another thing that is easy to happen in our discipline is to be frustrated, to be upset. And our message that gets across is the harsh tone Mm-hmm. not the words that they need to hear. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had this so many times where I've laid out an amazing analogy. Mr. Logic, 10-point dissertation oh, on why they're wrong. I could tell them exactly why they're doing wrong, but I do it forcefully in my own irritation, like raise my voice, and they miss all the good points I was making because of my tone and my intensity. So this is very convicting for me. But that, again, let's go back to the model, right? The perfect parenting blueprint here. When God is disciplining us, is he being harsh and nasty? He's gracious and kind. Right, right. So I I hate it when... I discipline in a way where I blow it and they and they miss it because of the way I communicated it. And sometimes I have to just apologize about that and say, hey, guys, you know what? I'm sorry for the way I said that. Let's step back. Let's reset. There's an older couple that David and I really look up to and they have kids that are now grown and married. And one thing they shared with us that has been so helpful that I want to share with you all, it is okay when things get chaotic and out of hand it the more kids you have the more your schedule is maybe you're not in the word yourself and things get out of hand chaos does happen <laughs> it is okay take a deep breath talk to the lord and call a family meeting yeah <laughs> and we started doing this and it has been so helpful we have a front room in our house if you've been here with four chairs we do a lot of counseling and stuff we're actually talking right now in this room for the <laughs> podcast but we will all gather in this room and david mostly david leads hey guys 
We are going to have a family reset moment here. And I want to apologize. I was wrong when I got upset and yelled and everyone is out of control. And we need to go back to scripture and spend some time reading a verse. You pray. Everybody lays out, okay, we understand what we're doing that's that's off right now. <laughs> and reminder, this isn't peaceful. None of us are doing things that are promoting peace in the home. We all want to have peace. So what do we need to do? And then you rally the troops. And we pray mm-hmm. and we take it to the Lord and it sets another tone. You can have a gracious restart. Right. You say things along the lines of, look, this last hour has not been good at all, but we still have three hours left in this day. You know what I mean? Like, or hey, we still have an opportunity to get this done and watch this movie and have a good time. Like you just give them a goal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, set the stage. You're putting that in the past. You're putting those moments in the past and we're going to leave that there and we're going to yes. move forward and we're going to live the way we know we should live. Yes. So when things are chaotic and you have thoughts of, man, I don't know what to do. This kid is screaming. I just got upset. The other two kids are fighting and it's all out of control. Remember, you've got that little red button in your back pocket to pull back. Push it. Family meeting time. Reset. Talk to the Lord. Know that there is grace upon grace to cover the situation. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This is a great blueprint. This is why we stay consistent. It's not fun in the moment. It's never easy in the moment, but it is worth it. Because if you can stay consistent and you can point your kids to the love of God over and over again. God says, love God, love others. Exactly. So there's your blueprint. This is why we discipline and this is why we embrace discipline. You got to do a lot of it especially when you have younger kids. Those are the prime years of discipline right there. But it's so worth it because we have a father who disciplines us out of love. Amen. I hope this has been helpful for you. I have enjoyed hearing your feedback. And if you have comments, questions, parenting hacks, all those things. I think we're going to probably have a final bonus episode at the end of our first six episodes. Yes. I have a running note on my phone of things that pop into my head and some of them don't fit into what we already have. So I think a bonus episode is coming. Yeah. So throw out some categories, throw out some ideas, questions that you have. I'm hearing some helpful tips as well from some of the older parents in our church. So thank you for that. But Please pass this along to someone who needs it. Like, share the episode. And Julie, do we have a resource that we'd like to share? Yes, I would like to share a resource called Not Consumed. You can go to the website notconsumed.com. This website has topical Bible study booklets that you can buy. And what I love about it is you put in your kid's age and you put in the topic and you can buy that book. So there are topics like 
obedience, doing right, having a content heart, the tongue. Mm. That one is very important in this house. We have that one? We do. Okay. Okay. So I just, I highly recommend it. And it's a really great resource. Go to notconsumed.com. Sounds great. Thank you, Julie. And we'll see y'all again next week. You are loved. 